I'd been duped into believing that I was a natural consumer. Other people grew and made things. I consumed them. That was the order of things, and to some extent the global economy depended on people like me to keep the wheels of capitalism turning. Food and goods are mass-produced and shipped around the globe for us to buy and consume. The endless drive for profit and growth conspires to have us purchasing electronic goods manufactured in the Far East so that the man in the local repair shop can tell us, once it has developed an inevitable fault, that he can't help us and that we should throw it away. All the while, career politicians continue to explain how the economy would be plunged into recession if consumers weren't out in the high street buying, buying, buying. No mention of what cost there may be to the environment, or even to our very souls. If you buy crap, don't you feel crap? Buying new stuff mattered, and it mattered big time because if it didn't keep on happening, relentlessly, then the world's brittle economic system was going to collapse. To my mind, it was going to collapse anyway. It was just a question of when and how. The optimist in me wondered if there could be a slow transition to a better way of managing ourselves. The pessimist knew the possibility of real suffering and wars over resources were more likely. So, what to do? Well, clearly the answer was for me and Fran to cultivate some crops in the three raised beds that were already in the garden. We were going to change the world by changing what was happening in that soil. It was a noble plan, and one we took seriously, given the enormous global responsibility that rested upon our shoulders. Just a shame we knew sod all about gardening. Our quest began in the nursery. We were lucky enough to have one close by, the kind that dealt in plants rather than fledgling humans, so while Fran prepared lunch, I drove down there to begin this epic and heroic quest. An initial foray before we took it on together. I walked past greenhouses containing a host of plants and flowers that I couldn't begin to name, and into the small shop that was in the corner of the nursery's plot. Behind the counter, a meek-looking man awaited me, like a character in a TV sketch show waiting for the action to begin. I said hello, quickly getting the niceties out of the way, and then began to subject him to a barrage of questions. What soil do we need? How much water? When do we plant? Where do we plant? Do we need to put it in a greenhouse? When do you water it? How much do you water it? Is it best to wear tracksuit bottoms? Are platform shoes a no-no? Nursery man answered each of my questions with great patience and diligence, but by the time I'd finished, his expression had changed from buoyant and dynamic to browbeaten and deflated, as if someone had hit him quite hard in the stomach. Knowing that I'd return with Fran at a later date, I then scoured the shelves and returned with the rather pathetic haul of one tray of lettuce seedlings. As I faced nursery man over the counter, I realized that this wouldn't represent a fair remuneration for what I'd just inflicted on the fellow. I quickly grabbed some gardening gloves for Fran. The man looked at me with an element of incredulity. We'll use them for gardening, I said, as he put the cash in the till. He needed reassurance. When I got home, Fran had left the kitchen and was eagerly awaiting me near the raised beds. Well, she said, how did you get on?
I bought a tray of lettuce seedlings and... and what? And some spares in case you lose those, I said, pointing to the gardening gloves she was wearing that I'd bought her two weeks ago, but had forgotten about. Did he explain what to do with the seedlings? He did. And? I opened my mouth with the intention of relaying the wealth of information that Nurseryman had imparted, but suddenly...